rejoicing, humming, whistling, yodeling. I don't know. Whatever else. I hope this is on. This on? Okay. Let's go in the Bible now. I've got lots of scripture I want to go through tonight. Uh, But let's go to Revelation chapter 3. And we'll begin there. Got lots and lots of beautiful scriptures tonight. But uh, the main theme, I hope that you'll understand, uh, I'll try to be very clear tonight. Very clear. Very, very basic and clear. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And let's pray. Father, bless us now and help us, Lord, to uh, put all of our thoughts about last week and the week up up in front of us, uh, put it aside for just a minute and help us to concentrate wholly on the, on your word and all about the Holy Spirit's working in our hearts. Help us to listen closely, Lord, to what you might have us to know tonight. And we want to rejoice and thank you for being our Savior and opening up heaven for us. We pray and thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, verse number 7 of chapter 3 says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. There's only two churches in the book of Revelation. The seven churches were all receiving instruction from the Lord. There's only two churches that did not receive an admonition or a correction. That is Smyrna and Philadelphia. Smyrna was a very poor church, and Philadelphia was a soul-winning church. They had a lot of love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Amen. By the way, you can't get in, you can't get in trouble with God if you love people. Amen. And so the the beautiful thing about this verse is today, uh, tonight we're going to talk about this open door. Now you might think right now we're going to go and talk about winning people to Christ, but that's not the direction I want to take you. I want you to think now of your relationship, your personal relationship with God and how that you might think that maybe there's a barrier, uh, maybe there's a cloud, maybe there's um, some kind of a distance between you and God and that uh, naturally speaking, humanly speaking, we don't see God. You understand we can't touch him, we can't feel him, we can't talk to him as we would one another. So as we look at things on a purely carnal level, it almost is depressing that we can't see God. We can't walk with Him. We don't know Him uh, personally like you would your buddy or, or your friend. Um, we don't know the sound of His voice physically. So when, when we're thinking on terms of you and my relationship with God, it could be depressing sometimes knowing that we don't really have that, that openness with God like we would like to have. Let me tell you, one day we will. It's just that we have to have a brand new body to have that happen. Amen? He's, he's in glory now, and He's perfect, and, and He has always been perfect. But He was in the flesh for us, but not for our time. He, he died on the cross. He shed His blood. He did the work. He, he went down into the heart of the earth, and He came up and gave gifts to men. 
Now, Jesus was resurrected and he went to heaven. He's in glory right now. He's never going to suffer again. So right now, he's in such a high level of glory right now that remember uh, when Stephen was stoned, he looked up and God showed him heaven. He said, I see the Son of Man uh, sitting at the, standing at the Father's right hand. And boy, that, they got a little, he got a little glimpse of what Jesus is like right now. And he relayed that, and, and because he said that, of course, they stoned him, and they, they, they killed him. Uh, then Paul, he got a little glimpse of heaven. He got to see a little bit up there, and the, and the Lord told him, now, you can't talk about this when, when you get down and, and you go back to your normal life. Uh, you, you're not going to be allowed to talk about it. You can tell everybody that you saw it, but you can't tell them what they saw, what you saw. You can't explain it to them. I just want you to hold back because I'm going to, you've been my servant. You've been doing so well and, and you're going to, you, you've got such an incredible testimony. I just want you to get a little glimpse to keep you going. Amen. Now, you and I don't have that. Even at the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John, they got to see Moses and Elijah talking with the Lord. And uh, Peter said, it's good for us to be here. We got to build a tabernacle. And Jesus said, no, that's, that's not necessary. Uh, but you see, there's only a few times when God let people get a, a beautiful glimpse of glory, and it did happen. There is, there is a beyond, if you will. But you and I, we, we, we're living down here for a different cause right now. We know nobody's an apostle, nobody's a prophet. We're just, we're just sinners saved by grace. We're just Christians saved by grace, amen? And we're all going to be that way until we die, until Jesus comes back. So, but I want to I want to explain to you tonight how wonderful it is to know that you and I have access to God now, not not as much as the Old Testament saints had. Now, think of this: in the Old Testament, Moses had a tabernacle, and God spoke to the to to the prophet uh, Moses in the tabernacle, and uh, it was a very holy place. You couldn't just walk in there. The children of Israel couldn't just go and tour inside the t tabernacle. They could die if they went in there. It was a no-touch, no-go no zone. They couldn't go in there. It was a holy place. The tribe of Levi were the only people that were allowed to take care of the temple. They had to clean it. They had to light the candles, make the bread, and sacrifice the animals. And, and then once a year, they had to sacrifice, the, of course, the Passover and whatnot. You couldn't just go in and look. The children of Israel, they, they didn't have that close relationship with God that you and I do. They had to trust Moses and they had to look to Moses. Now think about that. There was a barrier between the tabernacle and all the tents. You couldn't get close to it. There was a barrier. So God wiped all that barrier out. He wiped it out. You know, uh, if the high priest went into the temple and he went into the holy place behind the veil, if he made one mistake, God would kill him. He had to have bells on the bottom of his skirt. So that as long as he was moving around, the bells would chime. But if the bells stopped, they, they might as well go in and put a tire rope around his ankle and drag him out. It was a holy place. God was not playing games. That's all gone now. Amen. I don't have to. I don't. Hey, by the way, the Roman Catholic Church needs to realize that. Amen. You don't need a priest to get close to God. You don't have to have a father to talk to. You can get down on your knees and talk straight to God. And they think we're arrogant. They think we're proud. Listen, we're just not arrogant. We're just right. 
The Bible says there's no barrier anymore. I don't have, by the way, please do this. Never treat your pastor like he was a priest in the Roman Catholic Church. Right? Now, you confess your sins to God and ask counsel for your pastor. He'll help you. But you don't go taking a truckload of all the sins that you've ever committed and get into a little room and dump it all on your pastor. Uh, I stole a pencil. I chewed bubblegum in church. I, I had a bad thought. Listen, I don't want to know all that. Please don't do that to me. Amen? Well, look at my tie. It's a tie, not a collar. Amen? It's not square. And I don't go like... I don't sing that way. I think, at Calvary. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, so hey, we're a different crowd. Amen. We don't have a priesthood like that. We have a different kind of priesthood. You know what our priesthood is? We get down and pray to Jesus. And we pray for one another. And as the, as the father of a home or the head of a household, you're the high priest of your home. And by the way, what about the ladies? They're the high priestess of their home. <laughs> There's lots of single gals that have a house. You know what? The ladies are a priest to the Lord. They can pray just like men. That's not loud enough. Come on. Every, every little boy, every little girl that's saved can pray. And God hears them. Why? Because we have access. It's wide open, folks. This is so amazing what God did. When Jesus came and died on the cross, he, he split the veil of the temple right down from the top to the bottom. And now you have access right into the holy place of God. He tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. And boy, we have a God that's ready and willing. There's an open door. Amen. The gates are wide open. Now watch this as we uh, develop this because it's really exciting to me to, to know that we have such a God that uh, he's not trying to hide from us. Amen. Hey, do you believe that? He's not trying to hide from us. He's trying to get our, get our attention. Come. It's me. It's your Savior. I'm with you. I love you. I forgive you. I'm ready. Talk to me. Try me herewith. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Try me. Test me. Let me show you how good I am. Just talk to me. Give me a chance to bless you. God loves us. And I'll tell you what, we need to hear that all over America right now. I don't want our church ever to be a dead, stuffy, old, cold, dark church. Amen? Where you have to whisper and all that. All right, let's go to Psalm. Let's stay with me now, okay? Stay right with me. Psalms, let's go to Psalms. Psalm number 27. And uh, we're going to take a look at this, how God has opened up his relationship to us. He's not trying to hide from us. He's not trying to be quiet. He is loud as can be. Uh, we have to just realize what, what his way is. All right. Psalm 27. Look at verse number four with me. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, David said, um, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So David, in his day, knew the, the, the value of the temple. Remember, 
He's talking about that place where nobody could go. And he desired to have that temple opened up. You know, David was not the high priest. He didn't have permission to go in behind the veil. Now, he, he desired that. He said, I can't wait. to go. I want to inquire with God. I want to dwell in that house. I want to talk to him in the temple. Look at Psalm 11 real quick. Let's get ready to turn to some scriptures. Psalm number 11. Uh, and boy, uh, your, your, your Bible ought to have a, a little bit of um, uh, handprints all over it. Amen. If you have a clean Bible, you're not using it enough, right? You ought to have a couple of coffee stains and a crumb here and there. And, and uh, you ought to have some, some markings up. Listen, your, your Bible is a place of a fellowship. Amen? And you should see my Bible. Man, I, I, it's just a mess. But it's used. Amen. All right. Now watch. Psalm 11 and verse number 4. The Lord is in His holy temple. This is the temple in heaven. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyes, uh, His eyelids try the children of men. Let's go now uh, to Revelation chapter number 3. So God has a temple in heaven and right now it is open. And I want you to know how, how serious this is. He, his, his temple is wide open. Um, <clears throat> all right. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down uh, out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him upon him my new name. So there's a temple in glory right now. We, we can't see it, but when Jesus died on the cross, he took his own blood, and he went up to the temple that is in heaven right now. There's a place in heaven where there's a mercy seat where God actually dwells. You say, where does God dwell? He dwells in the holy place in heaven, not made with hands. It's true. I'll show you that in the Bible. We're going to find it in Hebrews. But the beauty of this is it's not so holy that you and I don't have any access to it anymore. You see, back in the days of the Old Testament, nobody could go inside the temple. You had to have, you had to have a relationship as a Levite. And then you had, to have your, you had to have be cleansed. You had to have the right clothing on. Then you had to go through washings and purgings and you couldn't, um, couldn't have any kind of uh, uh, imperfection. Somebody that might have been born without a finger or have, have a limp. No, nobody, could, nobody could go in there like that. You know, God accepts all of us now. Amen. Uh, how many say there's enough wrong with me to keep me out of the temple? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go looking at yourself too much. Somebody might find out what's wrong with you. But everybody's got something wrong. I mean, we're just in, imperfect people, aren't we? But you had to be a Levite. You had to be just perfect. And you, had, you could go in. But, but you couldn't go in to the temple unless you were of, of the priesthood. But now, it's different. We have access to our Savior. We have access to God. Now, we're very fortunate and we're very blessed uh, to live in this day that we live in. Because some say the doors are closing and the gates are closing and, and the, the whole world's uh, falling apart. I know in some ways that's true. 
But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I as a body of Christ, we have a great future. We have a bright future. We have a road that we travel, and it's getting better and better and more glorious. By the way, Jesus could come back today. How many would say, if you knew how close you were to getting raptured out of here, you'd smile. So smile. No. How many are happy and joyful and saved? Would you please tell your face? <laughs> it's okay to be happy, right? Yeah, we get burdened down with a whole lot of stuff. If, 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 I, if I pay too much attention to what's going on in the world today, you know what I look like? But you know what? If I read my Bible, I'm like, yeah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, let's read the Bible and get happy. Amen. I'm not giving you false hope. I'm saying forget the world and trust him. It's wide open up there. It's wide open. You know what happened? God has some doors in the Bible that he just busted wide open. Remember the ark? Remember the ark? For, for like five months, it was just sitting there, floating on the water. I think it was about five months. I'm not sure. But and you say, well, it was 40 days and 40 nights. No, that's just the rain part. <laughs> there was a lot of time those, got, that, those animals did, just didn't stay there for 40 days. That was a lot of time. And I'll tell you what, think about the joy that uh, Noah and his wife and his uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their wives, guess what the joy they had when that door, when those doors opened up? Whoa! It's like some Navy guy on a cruise. Get off the ship as fast as you can. It's liberty time. Woo! I remember those days when getting off that ship. That's exactly how they felt. And that's how you and I are going to feel when God opens up the doors and we get out of here. I've been floating on this earth way too long. How about you? Huh? How many would say, let's just wrap it up. Let's go to heaven. Can't go there until God opens the doors, right? But they're there. And he's going to swing wide the gates one day. The ark, the open door. <clears throat> the gates flew open. Now, look at Mark chapter 15 for a minute in the New Testament here. <clears throat> Mark chapter 15. What a Bible we have. It is amazing. And if you look at it properly and you go scripture to scripture and subject to subject, you can really learn a lot about your own life, about the future, about your soul. You can learn about the promises of God that he made to us. And none of them, none of them have uh, been broken all of them have been kept except the ones that haven't happened yet. So we've got plenty to look forward to. Let's look at Mark 15, and then uh, we'll start with verse uh, 37. Mark 15, 37. <clears throat> All right. Verse 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Now, he died on the cross. He, he did really die. He, his physical body actually expired. He did. He's dead. He's gone. Now, at that moment when Jesus died on the cross, something happened in the temple. The temple was such a holy place. But look what happened. It said the veil of the temple was rent. We would use today that word is, don't change the word, just understand what it means, okay? It, it was rent. 
rent in twain. That means ripped in two. Rent in twain. From the top to the bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly this man was the son of God. That centurion was a Roman soldier. And all the Jews that had care and concern and uh, responsibility for the temple, those all, those are special kind of people. You know what they did? They went into that temple. They must have heard something in there. But that temple veil was ripped in two from the top to the bottom. That's a miracle. You know what that signified? We can talk to God now. We, we got free access. We don't have to worry about it. Folks, you can have a prayer life that's so wonderful. You can have fellowship with God. You can go in and out and in and out. Listen, it is true that if you don't pray all day long, you're still saved. But if you pray, your salvation is a little sweeter. If you pray more, then your salvation is a little sweeter. By the time you get done and you have a consistent prayer life, pretty soon your relationship with God is going to get really sweet. And then you're going to find out that He actually answers a lot of the prayers he answers everything, really. Yes, no, maybe, wait. I'm thinking about it. Just be patient. Oh, I hate, how many hate that answer? How many hate the wait? How many hate raising your hand in church? Come on. Are you, am I the only one that hates the wait? Is there anybody on my team? Thank you, Brother Carlson. We, we, waiting just stinks, doesn't it? But, but the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They walk and not faint. Listen, let's just wait on God. Waiting is, is access to the Lord, waiting on Him, talking to Him. And there's no barrier between us and God. That separation's gone. We're not Old Testament saints. We're New Testament saints. He says, now come boldly to me. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Let your requests be made known unto God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You can get a lot done. Oh, if we just believe it. And I'm preaching to myself just as well as anybody else. But the veil of the temple is ripped. It's rent in two. Look at Ephesians, please. <clears throat> Ephesians. Tonight, what I'm trying to explain in my feeble way is the fact that you and I, we have no barrier whatsoever. If you're right with God and you're not hiding something and you're not, uh, you know, in kind of some kind of a deep, dark, terrible sin that you're hiding, uh, you have fellowship, your sins are confessed, you have access to God. And there's nothing. And by the way, the Bible says there are a few things. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, right? If I'm fighting with a brother in church, uh, if I have animosity toward a brother in church, the Lord's going to say, well, no, nah, take care of that first. Come on, amen? amen? And for you that are married, you can't be fighting with your wife and then say, oh, Lord, I love you. Hey, shut up. Oh, I love you. I love you. I, I wish I'd never married you. Oh, Lord, I love you. You know, I'm sorry. God's not, that's not even funny to God. Amen? So, you, you've got to have things going good this way with man and your spouse and this way with God, right? And then there's, there's, there's a connection there. 
But if you have that, if you have, if you're working that, and, and the Lord, the Lord's okay, and um, you know you're, you're you're not you don't have some barrier holding you back, the the connection and the and the access is wide open to God. Think about it. He can hear you whisper. He can hear you think. Some of us are thinking. How many of you have not paid attention to your wife because you were thinking, and you didn't hear what she said? Well, you better say amen or I'm going to, it's going to take a long time. How many of you have, have not heard what somebody was talking to you about because you were deep in thought, right? I'm not talking about reading a book. I'm talking about you were daydreaming or thinking. You know what my kids do to me? I wish they wouldn't do this. But if I'm not paying attention, they always get my attention. They say, dad, 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 for some reason, I'm not hooked into that word sometimes. And then they'll say, Pastor Shaver. And I go, huh? I feel so bad. I'm sorry. That's not good. You say, oh, your kids are so de de deprived of their dad. Oh, no, the ministry's ruining your home. All they can hear is Pastor Shaver. Yes, oh, but dad, uh, I don't hear that. No. Oh, poor Shaver kids. Oh, pray for my children. No, they use that sometimes on me. <laughs> hey, I, I, I know, I, I know, I know that uh, I, I ought to be tuned into the word "dad" more more often. Amen. Right? <laughs> you got to pray for me. It's fun. It's fun in my house. Yeah, they do it at home. Why? Why am I not paying attention at home? You know, they say, Pastor Shaver, they say that at home. They want to get my attention. They get, get what? So uh, I've got work to do, but I'm right with God. Amen. Uh, I still have access. God, help me. <laughs> you know, do you have anything you need to talk to God about? He's accessible. He is reachable. He's touchable with the feelings of our, our, in, um, our infirmities. We don't have a high priest that can't be touched. We don't have a... We don't have somebody like um, uh, maybe Aaron. He's so busy in the temple, he can't talk to normal people. Right? How many like a leader that you can talk to? Talk about Jesus. You can talk to him. He says, you don't talk to me enough. You don't bring enough of your problems to me. You're going through so much that if you would just trust me, I would take care of those problems for you. You don't come to me. It's not my problem, God says. It's your problem. I offered, and you're not taking the offer. I told you I'd help you, but you won't want me. I told you I'd take care of that problem, but you don't trust me. And so be it if you, if you and I are getting so stubborn that we won't talk to God, and we won't listen to Him, and we don't want to fellowship with Him. God, God would say, okay, buddy, have fun with that. How's it going for you, Right? The whole world. I don't want God in my life. Okay, have fun. Listen, I, I'm here. I was like, are, are, are you, are, well, you remember the bumper sticker? Do you miss me yet? <laughs> you know, listen, God, God, God's not playing games with people. He loves to be needed. He loves to be talked to. He loves to be believed. He loves to be accessed. He's got no uh, time problem in heaven. God's not so busy that he says, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I didn't even know what's your name again. Oh, listen, man, he's, he's got everything. He knows us. He's not so busy. He, can't, he can answer every prayer in the world. 
If the whole world got saved, if the whole seven point, what, six, seven, five, something, thank you, 7.5 billion people in the world, if every one of them today got saved, I mean, saved like you and I are, he would have no problem answering every single prayer in the world at the same moment. He's, he's God. And uh, you and I, if, if all 7.5 billion people aren't saved, don't you think he's got more room for you now? I mean, just humanly speaking, don't you think he, he's begging to help you? He's begging to talk to you. He's begging to have fellowship with you. We don't access it. I think I'm ashamed of myself for not praying more, spending time with God. Oh, listen, you know what? Uh, that old computer might be a problem to some people. How many news groups are there now? There's like 400 news groups and uh, uh, places and sources where you can find out who said what and what, what show is good and what, uh, what uh, some foreign country said about something else. And you can spend your whole life on that dumb computer. And you, you can get so wrapped up in the news that all you do is think about the news. Listen, I'm so tired of the news because it's not news. They should call it old. It's nothing new about it. It's the same old stuff. Amen? The gospel and the word of God, now that's fresh. That's new. Oh, that's the same old. No, it isn't. If you're reading the Bible, it's new toward... Uh, you every morning, his mercy and his compassion are new toward us every morning. His mercy uh, is new toward us. His compassions fail not. Uh, every time you go to God, is wide open. The door's open. His office is open. You don't have to knock. You go right on in. The door's wide open. I hope you understand tonight. We have access to God that we're not using. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 13. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ, that's Jesus Christ, now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition. Broken down the middle wall of partition between us. There used to be a big barrier between you and God. You couldn't get to him. You couldn't talk to him. He didn't want to talk to you. And if you wanted to get to know him, you had to go to the temple and talk to the Jewish people. And you had, you had to do it uh, a pathway to communicate with God. You had to bring a lamb to the altar and burn the lamb. and It was just terrible. But all that's gone. Look at the verse 15. Having abolished in the, his flesh the that's the Lord Jesus, the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that ye, he might reconcile both God in one, un, un, reckon both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. God used to be so exclusive that you couldn't talk to him. In, in, in so far as you and I talk to him today. You know, Jesus wiped all that away. We're in the New Testament. Now you have access with God. You don't have to go to the temple. You don't have to bring a lamb, a pigeon, a loaf of bread. 
You don't have to go and have any dealings with the priesthood. I'm sorry, it's gone. The priesthood's over. There's one God and, and, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's only one mediator. There's only one Savior. There's only one high priest now. And he's waiting for you and I to talk to him and to, to access him. Uh, and so I want you to remember there's a holy place in heaven right now and you have access to that. Let's look at uh, Revelation chapter number 11. Let's go there quickly because there's, there's so much to this. And we won't belabor this point, but in Revelation chapter 11, I want you to see the glory here. And then at the end, I want to sh share something with you that I think will help us all during this week. We need to get alone with God this week. We've got to get alone with God. We can't be so busy that we don't talk to Him. We can't be so busy that we don't have devotions. Does everybody know what a devotion is? Does everybody know what, what is this thing called devotions? Let me share it with you. You put your phone down. If you have to turn it off, turn it off. Go get to some private spot. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with uh, in your own home, but just remember your family should know that you've got, you've, you need some time with the Lord. And you break out your Bible. You pick anything you want to read. Pick anything you want to uh, know and just talk to God. Just talk to Him. You have something on your heart? Share it with Him. Speak to Him. Cast your biggest burden you've got. And there's people in this room, I dare say, you've probably got a burden or two. And I don't mean a burden that you'd ever share with anybody. Something that you'd never talk about. Something that deep down hurts you. Something that maybe even affected you or is affecting you now. Devotions is time where you and I go to God because we have this access. You should have devotions every day, folks. Now, no, nobody's perfect, right? Please say amen because you're making me really nervous. Uh, nobody's perfect. Nobody's completely consistent. Is that right? But we all have access. And you can love God as much as you want. But, you know, if you never talk to him, you never, never uh, spend time with him, have that consistent devotion life. I have found that there are things that, that pull me and they pull my attention. I've had to actually get down with a piece of paper and while I'm praying, uh, my mind just goes wild. Well, I got, I'll be right back. I got to take care of this. I got to build that. I got to fix this. There's, this is broken now. And, I, and wait a minute. I, there's nothing wrong with having that thought, but not now. I just write it down. Fix the toilet. Later. I'm, I'm, want, I'm with God right now. See, that's devotions. You say, how long should your devotion life be? That's up to you. It's just how, how serious you are about it. You know, you can be really serious for five minutes and feel like you've got the burden of the uh, whole world lifted right off your shoulders. You, you, you can cry for tw 20 seconds and everything will be okay. Amen. You could pray for an hour. It might, it's none of my business how long you have, have your devotion time with God. Don't let anybody put a straitjacket on you. Don't let anybody put you in a uniform. Amen. 
There's nothing in the Bible about this, about how long you should spend with God every day. But the Bible says, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Right? How are you going to get bread every day if you don't eat? Daily bread, daily manna, right? It's just your time with God. It ought to be exciting. It ought to be, you ought to feel challenged tonight. Some of us don't do it. Some of us don't take time and, and open up the windows of heaven and pour ourselves out a blessing and talk to the Lord and speak to Him. My goodness, the first time I ever did that in earnest. <laughs> I, I got saved. I knelt down at my bedside and I said, Lord, if you're there, would you please come into my heart and be my Savior? Would you forgive me of all my sins and be my Savior? I accept you right now as my Lord and Savior. I didn't know anything about the Bible. But boy, oh boy, that consistent uh, time with God is going to do us a lot of good. Amen. How many need a little bit more time with God? Let's do it. Why? The, the, the temple's wide open. Look at Revelation. Um, and uh, Revelation chapter 11. Uh, weren't we going there before I started on that one? Was that where we were headed? Okay, sorry about that. Well, it takes me a long time to get to these scriptures. of the, But it's so true. Look at Revelation 11. We're going to finish up. Verse number 19. I want you to feel challenged tonight. I want you to feel really challenged. I want to exhort you and I want to provoke you. I want to nudge and poke. And I want to nudge and push and prod and kind of shove gently and push you and kind of pat you on the shoulder and say, hey, 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 when's the last time you spent time with God? Say, well, I can't wait till we get out of church so you can stop asking me that. I know we're not getting out of church tonight. Did you know that? We're not, we're not going to dismiss tonight. I'm sorry. It's too foggy out. When's the last time you've spent time with God? Answer that to yourself. When's the last time you got on your knees? You say, are we done yet? No, we're not done. We have 538 pages left tonight to go through. No. All right, let's look. Oh, wow, mine says 1,340. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's look at it. Verse 19. And the temple, the temple of God was opened where? Do you see that? The temple in heaven, it's open right now. You have access to God. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Where is the throne of grace? It's not in Jerusalem right now. It certainly isn't in Bellingham, Washington. Excuse me, it's not in Seattle. And certainly not down in Portland. You won't find it in L.A., Come on, and you're not going to find it in Chicago, and you're not going to find it in San Francisco. The, where is the throne of grace? Right, It's in glory. It's in heaven. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And now watch. This temple's open. And verse 19 says, And there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. 
You know, some of the greatest things ever happened in my life was when I was talking to the Lord. It's amazing. I'll tell you one story and I'll be done. One day, I thought that I was deeply in love with this girl. She was the piano player of our church. And I thought, okay, that she's the one. Well, God, God wasn't in that. And so uh, I was just amazed with her. And the, the first Christian girl, really, that I ever met. And I, oh, I got to marry that girl. Oh, I got Well, I found out she wanted a preacher for a husband. So I got to thinking, hmm, I'll surrender to the full-time Christian service. I'll walk down the aisle in our church, and I'll present myself to the preacher, and he'll tell every. We had 30 preacher boys in our church that surrendered a full-time Christian service. I don't know if they were all after her, but I was. Uh, <clears throat> so I thought, yeah, if I'm a preacher, I'll get me a good wife. And so, okay, and oh, she's over on the piano, and I came forward. And, uh, but deep down in my heart, I really, I really wanted to give my life to the Lord. I just thought, well, this is an extra blessing. Oh, and she was smiling at me, and, you know, and I thought, okay, this is getting real good now. All of a sudden, we started dating. All of a sudden, she dropped me like a hot box of rocks. I mean, she just dropped me like a sack of hammers. I thought, what happened? And so I was in, in my little cubicle, they call a rack, <clears throat> and I was just down in the dumps. So I, I was praying. And it seemed like the Lord said to me, okay, let's have a talk. Uh, you went forward in church, and you told everybody that you wanted to be a full-time Christian servant and be a preacher. You told everybody that I called you to preach. And I know one of the reasons you did that was because that little girl over there, you thought that would work. Well, she's gone. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is that still what you want to do? And I started to weep and cry, and I said, yes, sir. I don't care what happens. I, that's gone. God tested me deep down in my heart. He said, no, I'm, she's gone. What about it? I mean, are you faking it? Is that what you really want? You really want to serve me? You really want to preach the gospel? I said, yes, sir, a thousand times. I made God know full well that I was totally on board with serving him. And that was over, that was over 40 years ago. And so God said, I, I'll, I'll take care of all that stuff. And since then, guess what? I can't tell you the sorrow and the heartache that she's experienced in her life. And I can't tell you how happy I am. I have the best wife in the whole world. I have the ministry. I have 11 children. I have souls to my account. I have been able to help people learn the Bible. I've been able to teach people. I'm not the best, but I'm doing my best. You understand? And I'll tell you what, I'm awful glad that God heard me because I couldn't see him, I couldn't talk with him, I'd never touched him. But listen, the, the access was wide open and God heard my prayer. 
I want to encourage you. Remember, right now, the access to God is still wide open. You can talk to him every day. You can sacrifice and give thanksgiving and talk to him and fast and pray. It's, it's wide open, folks. You can, you can have a relationship with God that will electrify your life. It will give you the, by the way, uh, maybe, maybe God would test you too. Maybe where's your heart? You know, so he can do that, right? He said, you really love me. Even though, even though uh, there's fog out there, you really love me even though there's a pandemic around. You really love me even though people have COVID. You really love me even though the state says you're not supposed to have a church. You really love me. You really love me. Do you? Peter, Peter, yes, less Lord, uh, lovest thou me? You, lo- you know I love you. Lovest thou me, Peter? You love, thee? you love me more than these? God can do that to any of us, right? Where is our heart tonight? Let it be pointed to the Lord, and remember there's no barrier between you and God. None whatsoever. None. I want to give you one last scripture tonight. Um, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's look at Revelation 21. I promise we'll be done. Revelation 21. No comments before we get there. All right? I promise. Revelation 21. Now, by the way, no, no. <laughs> Look at verse 22. <laughs> and I saw, here's the end of it. This is fantastic. I saw no temple therein. No temple. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. We're not going to be kept back from the the most holy place in the whole entire universe. In heaven, we're not going to be held back. We won't have to go through any kind of system. We're not going to have any system in heaven. We're going to just talk to God. He's the light. No, no, we're not going to worry about a sunshine. The Lord God Almighty is the light of the city. Well, we're not going to have to worry about the veil and the temple and the mercy seat. That's, that's not something we have to concern ourselves with because we'll have Jesus Christ. When you pray, you'll pray to the person of Jesus Christ. It's just too good to be true. Do you uh, practice that? You can close your Bibles. Please understand, the door to the temple now is open. We have access to God. And there's no wall of partition. There's no barrier between you and God now. You can pray and talk and sing and share things with him. Talk and tell God stories. Have you ever told God a story? I have. I used to take my I used to take a, a wooden pulpit like that and go out into the woods and push it down on the on the forest floor. I remember in Port Orchard one time I took my, my little pulpit there and I put it out in the woods. And I preached a message to God. Why, if I was God, that I would give me a wife? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he responded to the message. <laughs> don't think I told God what to do. Don't get. Don't. Don't start thinking that. I just. I. I didn't. I just said I'm going to preach a, a message to the Lord that if I was God, here's why I would give Tab a wife. 
And he did. I'm, uh, why don't you think of God now as somebody that's listening to you? And he loves you. And he wants to hear you. And he loves to have fellowship with you. There's no more barrier between you and God. How many are glad right now you're not in some cult? Isn't it wonderfully free to know you're not locked up in some cult? This is for you. Let's bow our heads for prayer.